Hey everybody, thanks for joining us for another week of Almighty Podcast. This is Adam from Back Patio Network, and as always I'm joined by... Mike Atkins from NerdsOnEarth.com And we have got probably my favorite four chapters, I think, that we've ever read of Vigilantes to discuss this week, and I cannot wait. They were really awesome, um, especially relative to a lot of what had preceded it recently. It felt like it was much higher action. And, you know, in a comic book about superheroes, action is good. Um, you, no you know, joke. we didn't have another, um, you know, mall dance fest or anything like that. And <laughs> I was, uh, I was, I was okay with that. Shocker. And they've done quick work with uh, Captain Celebrity here. I mean, this is a guy that we started off joking about having Stain kill him. And I don't know about you, but by the end of these chapters, I'm like, he's a pretty freaking cool character. Yes, he, he has made a heel turn in in my perceptions of him lately. And I, I think a lot of that was very intentional. And we really have to thank Mikado for all that. I mean, it, it really is Mikado's magic and, and her PR work with and for and on behalf of Captain Celebrity that makes him a likable character. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, she's the real hero here. Yeah, you know, I hadn't considered the fact that it is her doing that he's kind of changed you know become this better hero be this better person uh, but you know before we get started uh talking about episode 52 what did what did his horoscope have to say again yeah so we we brought up this new idea for a segment where we're basically going to read the horoscope of a character that is relevant in whatever part of the story that we're discussing now captain celebrity is right smack dab in the middle of all things vigilantes at the moment um what we're about to pick up with is um in a rude interruption to his going away party um, and, and also a birth announcement, how rude. And, uh, so we looked up his horoscope last time we sat down and recorded and it read like this, uh, today cancer, uh, because he was born on July 4th, he's the most American American to ever American. Uh, you might <laughs> uncharacteristically decide to sequester yourself away from the world. Perhaps you're tired or feeling a bit under the weather and only wish to kick back and read a good book. That's fine. Everyone needs a little solitude from time to time. The only concern here is that if you stay too secluded, you might miss an important communication. Resist the temptation to turn off the phone. So we're going to keep that horoscope in mind as we dive into the events of My Hero Academia Vigilantes, Volume 7. Um, and we will get into Volume 8, actually, by the end of today's recording, because we are covering episodes 51, 52, 53, and 54. Uh, the first of those, 51, is titled, I Do What I Can. That is actually exactly what mine is titled as well. And uh, basically exactly what I thought was going to happen uh, at the end of episode 50 when the... Uh, Japan Sky Egg exclusive All Might hoodie fell upon Koichi um, and then pairing that with what we knew to be the title alone of this episode because we don't read ahead was that Koichi was going to Koichi. Uh, that's a verb now because he is going to uh, do whatever it is that he can to be helpful uh, in the midst of whatever circumstances or situations he finds himself in. But we don't jump right to Koichi's um, Inter intervening into the goings-on at the Sky Egg. Uh, we are still at the very beginning of this chapter dealing with Heroes' initial reactions to rumblings on the Japan Sky Egg. Um, there are discussions about whether it's an earthquake. For some reason, Ryukyu asks aloud to the room full of Heroes if she should check on what's going on outside. And I'm like, that... Isn't that in your job description as a hero? Like, why is that a question? Not only is it specifically her job, but she's also more suited to it than just about anybody else. She can turn into a freaking dragon. Like, she can just fly around up there. Not Most of these heroes can't fly. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, I wondered if they were suffering from the bystander effect, which is a psychological phenomenon where, like, you are actually less likely to intervene in a, in a, uh, a traumatic circumstance if there are other people around you. It doesn't even have to be traumatic. It could be somebody in... Uh, apparent agony in a public space. If you walk by them on your own, you're way more likely to stop and ask if they're okay, provide any kind of assistance. But if you've seen 30 people walk by them already, you're not going to stop. Um, it's the bystander effect. It's the it's everybody in the crowd assuming somebody else is going to take care of it, which means nobody else does. And so I wonder if that's what's going on with these heroes. Is there's they're all here. There's a bunch of them, and they're just going. So are are you are you going to take care of this or or Oh me, I I'm I'm supposed to do this. Um, so I wonder if that was uh the the effect that is raising this weird question in my opinion from Ryukyu. 
I don't know. I I didn't think that at all just because they're heroes. Like the and not just low grade heroes either. These are like your professional heroes. These are in the top ten heroes, you know, like these are trained professionals. They shouldn't be doing that at all. I mean, I I would maybe expect it from like class one A, but not multiple hero agencies that have literally worked with each other for years. Yeah, we can't forget that the number 222nd ranked hero is on the scene. (laughs) He's right right here in this panel. Yes, right there. Just the back of his head, though. Yeah. Um, But Ryukyu's (laughs) silly question aside, we get introduced to a new and very awesome, in my opinion, Nomu. Yeah, he's got these like massive wings and he lands up on top of the sky egg and appears to zap it and just completely take out the electricity. Yeah, he's or is like, he absorbing the electricity? I, I wasn't sure if he was more like a conduit. I think he is more like an EMP. Uh, in fact, okay. the uh, the speed quirked villain guy even refers to it as that EMP blast. So oh, I'm assuming does, that yeah. that was um, something that he, you know, gen- genetically selected specifically for this uh, this Nomu uh, and to have this very specific effect. And there's his little musical note again. He's I like. Know. Making fun of the situation or making light of it, and I, that's funny that he goes back and forth between that. You can't un you can't not see those things now that I've pointed so many of them out. You're totally right. Yeah, I like look for them because I just assume he's always sing songing his plans. Yep. Who knows? Um, but uh, then we we actually see some heroes doing some hero work. Um, they they break out the floor plan for the sky egg, which I guess. They just really had on conveniently placed. Yeah, they just had it yeah. on hand. Nobody was like, "Well, I got to go down to you know the library to uh, draw these bo- uh, to to withdraw these bo- uh, blueprints." Instead, they've got them on hand. Uh, maybe they just came that prepared. Maybe one of these heroes was like, "I don't set foot in the building unless I know every entrance, every exit, every window, every failsafe." Um, <laughs> maybe it would make almost more sense if there was a hero there that had some sort of echolocation quirk or like map drawing quirk. You know what I mean? I'll say this. I do think that having this blueprint at the ready feels very ingenium to me. Like with it his. It does. That's true. Because he does have his whole like groupie. Yeah. Yeah. I think like his, his squad has, has provided him with this. That's my headcanon. Um, but best but he genius, can't communicate to them because the electricity's out, right? Right. Not yet anyway. They do get some comms in a minute. Um, but so I think unless he they just, just had this printed out for him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he had it tucked. Uh, he had it uh, laminated and tucked inside of his armor somewhere. As, so, uh, Do you so, think he has like a uh, uh, passenger side uh, cabin, like oh drawer? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like in yeah, your car, yeah. yeah, like he's got a center console somewhere on his body, somewhere. Yeah, that's just like one of these. It just flops down. <laughs> he just stores stuff in there. You remember back in the '90s when cars, like one of their selling points was that they would have a map pocket on the passenger yeah, side yeah. seat. Like he's got something like that on his like back right uh, leg or something. <laughs> no, no, we I established it's his cod piece. I like that too much. That's great. But Best Genius is the one who's interpreting this blueprint, and he's saying, okay, here's all the things that we know to be true. The stairs should be unlocked, but they're not, uh, so we've got to we've got to do something about this. And he he points in the weirdest way I've ever seen. He yeah, says it's kind of strange. In other words, we've been sealed in very much on purpose by third party, but the way that he's drawn is he's got... It's not the way that he's holding his hands. It's where he's holding it as he's pointing. Nobody points at somebody else with their hand that close to their face. And this isn't a perspective thing. It's uh, like he's aiming or something. Yeah, it's so strange. Um, but anyway, uh, and his point seems very effective. The rest of the heroes standing over that blueprint are very flustered by what he's, uh, what he's describing. Uh, no one more so than, uh, is this death hands? Yeah. It, it sure is. Uh, but they refer to him as something different in these issues to, for me. Yeah, it, it might be his given name. Um, let me, or Death Arms, that's what his name, or that's what his pro hero name is. Let's see. If Death I can Arms, find. you're right, not Death Hands. Yeah, so his given name, or his Romaji name, rather, is Desutagoro, which is what they call him here. Right along Death Hands, we've got Edshot and Gang Orca. Um, and they're all pretty much agreeing that this has absolutely got to be an act of terrorism, right? And it's funny because you're totally right. Best Genius is telling Death uh, Death Hands, like, hey, you got to calm yourself. And he, he does say, calm yourself to Sudagoro. Uh, and I wonder now if that's actually a reference to Mortal Kombat, or not a reference to Mortal Kombat, but if Goro has something to do with hands, if that must be some sort of translation. It um, could be. I should have looked that up. But we've also got Mikado here, and they specifically ask her, you know, what's, what's going on with Captain Celebrity? Have you heard from him? And she's been trying to get a hold of him, but can't and i'm wondering if communications inside of the egg city are down i mean obviously he can't answer his phone he's got the entire thing on his hands right 
Yeah, it's strange. I mean, the EMP knocks out all electronics in the building, um, and which makes sense. I mean, that's what an EMP does. So her phone is fried, even though she keeps trying to use it, I think. Yeah. Um, but even if her phone does work, she's trying to call Captain Celebrity, who is currently underneath Kami's uh, lookout, holding it up in the air. Excuse me, the Japan Sky Egg. Easy mistake to make. Um, mm-hmm. And so he can't answer his phone, but they don't know where he is. Like, he just snuck off the stage, remember, when he embarrassed his wife and got into a fight in front of 50,000 people. But the, the silliest thing to me in all of this is that in this room is Ragdoll. And Ragdoll's quirk allows her to find or keep track of other, any other people, right? Oh, yeah, you're totally right. So I didn't wa- even consider that. Like, the pussycat dolls are right there. Yeah, I don't... The wild, wild pussycats. Now, I don't know That's how... Right. <laughs> I don't know how her quirk works. Like, does she have to see Captain Celebrity and mentally say, I'm going to track you now? And then that's how her quirk works. Because if that's how it works, then sure, then she does. She might not have any clue where he is. But it was my understanding... Well, no, I guess that wouldn't have been my understanding. It couldn't have been a proximity thing because that wouldn't have made sense at the summer camp. So maybe it does have a, a little bit more intentionality behind it than I assumed. Because my first reaction was, Ragdoll should know where Captain Celebrity is, according to my understanding of her quirk. But I must have a poor understanding. See, I think you're totally right. I hadn't even considered that until just now. I don't, and I don't know why I hadn't thought of that. But I feel like whenever we saw her at the uh, summer camp, it didn't seem like she had to register people in or anything. Yeah, the only thing it mentioned was she she had a limit of 100. And she's in a crowd of 50,000. Maybe so it's she, overloading her sensors. Yeah, I mean, it, it's got to be... I think it has to... There's some sort of intentionality to it. That's the only way that that not knowing where Captain Celebrity makes sense with Ragdoll literally in the next panel. Speaking yeah. of the next panel, Best Genist is like, we've got 50,000 people in here. We mustn't allow a single one to die. And my, my next note is that this is no time for a cat's cradle, best genist, um, because <laughs> it's what he's looking like he's doing. And I get that he's making this. He is terribly punny in this uh, in this series of chapters. Koichi picks up on it, too. Um, but he says that he's he wants them to erect a tightly uh, a tightly knit safety net. And I guess he's just uh, big on having visuals and so he's like doing that thing that you did when you were a kid where you would run your middle finger under one side and then the other and then pull it apart and do it again and you'd have all these triangles that's what it made it look like to me was he was doing that child's game yeah absolutely looks that way that's hilarious now in the the next panel we've got the character that we've not actually really been introduced to i mean we know her name but she's not in the show yet so she seems to be pretty uh, ecstatic about teaming up with everybody, except not. She's talking about how much she hates it. Yeah. So I'm interested in finding out more about her. She seems like a really fun character. She has a huge following, so she must be awesome somewhere along the line. Uh, yeah, I hope so. I, we don't even really know what her quirk is, but she's got like bunny ears or something, doesn't she? Yeah, it looks like so. that. Maybe she's got a hop cork or something. In the next panel, we've got one of my favorites, present Mike, and he is actually trying to calm the crowd. He's got everybody like convinced that it's just earthquakes. And I'm wondering how he can live with himself, like lying to everybody. He's got to just like, I figure like that would, that would eat me up and be like, no, everyone, we need to freak out. This place is definitely coming down. Like I could not do his job here. That's true. Um, yeah, but he does. I mean, he's they're They're doing that thing where the best thing to do in a crowd is to keep calm or to keep the crowd calm. Doing their best. Yeah. There's even a panel here where Miss Midnight is uh, like cradling a bunch of kids, like I guess helping get them to sleep. Yeah. I don't know that she's using her quirk, which I'm proud of because she actually looks like she puts on an extra layer. I think that she dons one of those um, Captain Celebrity um, sweaters since the initial panels of this chapter. So she's she's gone and put on extra clothes to go and be helpful, which good. Good for you, Midnight. That's exactly what I was thinking. And there's also a couple of I would I would assume is a healing quirk. Uh, someone walking around asking if anyone's feeling unwell. Um, and then we switch back over where we've got Best Genist, Mikado, and Ingenium. And they're trying to figure out what they can actually do. I mean, they find that there's a hatch that they can get out of and hopefully get through the roof and figure out kind of what's going on. But they don't really like this idea. At least Mikado doesn't. She doesn't seem to think that it would really help at all. I mean, they're not going to be able to get people down. Uh, however, Best Genus thinks that it's plenty, so he's ready to go that route. Yeah, and we cut from them in their in the midst of their planning stages to um, what is currently still unknown to them until they do this little recon flight that they're talking about, which is Captain Celebrity again holding the Sky Egg uh, aloft as the four-fisted 
Dynamite Punch, or the Six-Fisted, excuse me, um, Dynamite Punch Nomu is just wrecking him and has been at it for a while. In fact, when we catch up to him, it he implies that he passed out for just a brief second and he snaps too. And uh, he t- has this discussion between him and the Nomu all by himself, which I really enjoy. He, he keeps putting words into the Nomu's mouth, um, you know, like... There are plenty of there are plenty like you back home in the states. They come right to me. Let's see what you got, hero. And and he's just he he's having both sides of this conversation with this Nomu as it is just wrecking his face. And uh, but to his credit, man, he's he's holding strong. This thing's coming in for uh, another pop when uh, one of Koichi's little key blasts blows off his fist, which is super smart. Um, yeah, that's really Ko- cool. Koichi even looks awesome in this panel. He's He's got his feet stuck to the bottom of the sky egg and he's interposed himself between uh, Captain Celebrity and this Nomu and he says, uh, he does this Koichi thing. Um, Koichi'd that as a verb can mean many things. And in this case, <laughs> it's him where he introduces himself as I am the man who blankety blanks the crawler. And this time it's I'm the man who shoots something or other from his hand to guard the tower in the sky, the crawler. Um, Captain Celebrity is initially kind of upset that he's there, uh, but he, he warms up to the idea here shortly. Yeah, so they started visioning basically any scenario that could happen where Koichi falls and uh, Captain Celebrity is telling him to get out of there. Like, you know, there won't be much left to scrape up if you fall. And he goes, well, yeah, sure. I, I know that would mean certain death, but I'm also dead meat if the whole sky egg comes crashing down on me. You're right. Captain Celebrity does seem to take offense because he's like, you know, you think I can't handle this? And, and he goes, no, it's not that at all. This thing's beating the crap out of you, though. And, uh, you know, he's just keeping his cool or he's trying to. He's trying to put on that face. And he's like, no, I'm A-OK. And uh, Koichi tells him, like, hey, you can drop the brave face, really. It's getting obnoxious. Anyway, if my projectiles can make those fists go boom, you don't need to eat those attacks. So he's just being a human meat shield, and he's trying to keep those shots going off left and right. And it's it's a lot of fun, because he starts doing his ultimate rapid-fire combo, and it's just the crawler shooty-go-blam-blam-blam-blam-blam. <laughs> I like I, it. I did. I, I like that quite a lot. Um but that implies that he missed one fist um, because there's five blams there. But anyway, I digress. Well, it, you see, he does miss it. If you look in the next panel, there's one fist that's open. Oh, is there? Oh, well, that's a foot down there in the bottom left. Well, it maybe probably the still explodes. That's yeah, fair. I'll give it. He, maybe he missed one. Um, but Captain Celebrity is just like, you know, uh, he, he starts warming up to this idea here. And he's, but he says, all your little pot shots might buy us some time. But they can't bring down our little friend here, um, not when he can regenerate like that, which is when I started thinking again about the physical limitations of these quirks. Do the Nomus have those as well? The one in the USJ seemed to, because even though All Might de- uh, determined that uh, that that Nomu had um, like impact shock absorb- absorption, he figured out that it had a limit. And so he punched him what, 300 times or whatever the number was and overcame it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that how big a part of that discussion this is but it does uh, uh lend itself to be the reason why i think koichi falls in just a second um but anyway koichi responds and he says pot shots are good enough I, if i can keep those explosions off of you for long enough then some other hero a real hero will show up so he's just buying time he's not trying to actually find this thing's uh physical limits yeah but it's really funny because uh he says still leaving the heavy lifting to someone else and Koichi says, well, I do what I can. And someone else picks up the slack. And Captain Celebrity has this moment where he's just like, oh, that's really uncool, man. <laughs> but it's also a very at, uh, like apt description of the two of their relationship, largely. That's true. Yeah, because um, he, he does always seem to need to swoop in and save Koichi at the last second. Yep. So that brings us into episode 52, which is called Balloon Soul in mine. What about yours? Just named Balloon. Balloon. I like it. It's a little a little simpler. Uh, but the exploding villain is bearing back down on Captain Celebrity. Koichi's doing its best uh, to keep it away from him. And he says, eat this, another SGB. That's short for shooty go blam. And his feet detach from uh, the bottom of the sky egg, which makes me think that maybe Koichi reached one of his physical limitations because we've I don't mm-hmm. think to this point we've had a discussion about what his actually are right we've never yeah. seen his quirk falter like this before no we haven't and it makes me wonder if it's like a calorie thing like Momo's like if he just ran out of juice or if it's like a key power kind of deal you know he can only 
use so much energy and then it's just gone until he rests or something. It's it's kind of interesting. I do like to think that the animation that they used for when his feet detach is like a fush, but in my head it was more like a pop. Yeah, <laughs> like like the sound that a suction cup makes when you pull exactly. it off of a wall. Right, because I mean he does he does call it like a suction effect. So in my head that's what it was, but I feel like they need to fix that. He does end up reattached to the bottom of it shortly. Um, but I do think that it was like he is starting to find where his limits are. So Captain mm-hmm. Celebrity does arrest his fall. He catches him. Um, and then he basically sticks Koichi back uh, to the bottom of the sky egg again and tells him to hang in there, uh, which is on the nose a little bit. But this is where we <laughs> totally break away from this amazing action and get into some backstory time with Captain Celebrity and his wife. Yeah, we uh, we see a scene of him what in what appears to be high school, I would assume, and he's like yeah. flying above a bunch of the ladies, and he's explaining that he's always been popular. In fact, he was so popular he had his own fan club in high school, which appears you, to have you just, didn't. Uh, I mean, I guess I just wasn't that cool. No, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to make it awkward. A, did you also have a flight quirk? No, I didn't need one. Yeah, well, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious this throws me off even more because i feel like he they once again have said that it's a flight quirk and yet multiple times we've been introduced to like layers of his quirk that's way more than just flight so yeah it's strange i still don't have any answers for that yeah however uh even though he was as popular enough to have his own fan club there was one person that caught his attention and it was a woman that just didn't pay any attention to him at all she in fact almost like purposefully ignored him so he tries to win her over by taking her on a, you know, whimsical carpet ride. Uh, he, he just picks her up and takes her off and she hates it, makes him put him down. And at first he's just like, oh, are you scared? Well, if you're scared, then just hold on tight. And no, she punches him right in the face. It's great. Uh, so he lets her down and he can't figure it out because he's like, well, I just want to put a smile on your face. You know, like, what's that about? Yeah, it's it's like Superman shtick gone t- horribly wrong, you know. Where, and it happens in like every Superman thing ever, where he swoops in and picks up Lois Lane, and he's like, "I'm going to show you the city." Only this girl wants nothing to do with that, <laughs> and so she socks him in the face, uh, and he ends up being turned away at this particular juncture. But he returns back uh, the next day, presumably or a short time later, anyway, um, and has for her a balloon and apologizes. And uh, she starts to warm up to him a little bit. He's the way that they present him here. I thought was pretty good. Um, I was worried about the bad captain celebrity being similar to this young captain celebrity, but he seems like pretty suave. I do think he has terrible motivations here. Yeah, in part. Um, But, you know, he he's very gentle with her after that first encounter and very sweet, uh, you know, um, kind of dials back his uh, aggressiveness and takes her on a float instead of on a flight. Um, basically well, and- you, using the balloon is like, well, we'll just hover, you know? Um, and I thought that that was kind of, I thought that that was pretty neat. It was pretty smooth, if nothing else. It was very smooth. And it's very clever too, because in the previous few panels, she had called him a balloon, like, you know, all show, but completely empty on the inside. Right, right. So it plays into it. And I think it shows his, he's a little self-aware. But she, he starts falling for this girl that he just initially maybe wanted to have, uh, you know, elicit this smile from or saw as something to conquer as some as the one person who seemed not to like him. Um, but I think his perspective starts to shift and we see him kind of courting her over the course of uh, a prolonged period of time. And then it, we, we end this or, or draw near to the end of this um, this sequence with them on a pretty it looks like a fine dining experience. She explains to him, Chris, you're without a doubt the biggest idiot I know. But since most of the people in this stinking world are irredeemable garbage, you might just be a teeny bit uh, better than them in some small ways here and there. And he he says, can I take that as a yes? And opens up a. Uh, uh, an engagement ring box, which I was like, whoa, super fast. Like that was not a good pro- uh, like proposal. Um, but uh, and then he goes right back to the flight and then they get married, like all in very short order. It happened literally that fast in the manga. Well, there is a short panel here where it shows what appears to be them throughout a couple of years. Yeah. But you're right. 
It is really quick. And the funny thing about it is at first, I kind of assumed he was always pestering her because the way that they're drawing her is as if she's just totally does not want to be around him at all in every single panel. Even when he's proposing, it's like she doesn't want anything to do with him. It also seems, too, that like post-wedding is when his controversies began to stir and arise. And uh, and he, he felt the way that they communicated this made it made him seem very much like a victim. So he says, mm-hmm. you know, before I knew it, the job wasn't going so well. People I consider to be good guys were out using me. Some of the bad guys I took down were suing me. Um, and so he says, you know, the wrong. Yeah, where did it all go wrong? What was I supposed to do? And he's trying to figure out what right and wrong was. And uh, he he he's portrayed almost like a victim, if not entirely like a victim here. Uh, but I he, never got that sense in the previous discussions of the things that he had participated in. I agree. And I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like he was sent over here to Japan and to work with Mikado specifically because he had this bad rap kind of and having some nefarious dealings outside of his marriage. So it seems weird that he's remembering his wife so fondly as if it's the only thing that ever mattered to him. And then we see that there you know, are obviously some issues that happen between him and old friends and even like his villains. It just makes me wonder if somehow he got lost in the mix of it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he explains, he says that figuring out what was right and what was wrong was the thing that he had the most trouble with. And maybe yeah. that's where the explanation of the things that he was accused of arose, where he thought that maybe he was doing something that was that was fine. Um, and it turned out to be horrific or whatever the case may be. Like his moral compass is real bad. Uh, but we we zip away from that and the backstory and that that I mean, really good characterization. It, it wasn't it was a it was an interlude at a weird time, in my opinion. But uh, it was also it was pleasant. I mean, it was a fine detour. And we yeah. come back to the Japan sky egg. Yeah, it was a nice detour. I agree. And uh, he must be enjoying it himself because he's got a big old smile on his face and it's freaking Koichi out. He's like, uh, you having fun over there, Cap? Because uh, I'm not sure we have anything to be smiling about right now. And uh, he just says, sorry about that, boy. Just something on my mind. And so, he, you know, we've got this captain here and he is just totally wrecked. I mean, he's holding up this sky egg. He looks awful. And right here at the last second, Koichi is unable to take out this last hand. He's He's able to like get one off and and divert one attack but then the monster has another right there waiting so he punches captain celebrity right in the gut to our surprise your favorite aizawa just close yes. to see him and completely disable that quirk in particular so i super loved this sequence yeah because i mean so the nomu fuses his fists together somehow into like a two two fisty thing um anyway he, he lands this punch on captain celebrity but it doesn't explode and at first i thought that I thought exactly what Koichi did. That's weird that it would have a dud. Um, but then in the next panel, there's a helicopter and Aizawa's hanging off of the edge of it. And I was like, I I love this manga. It's so great. Anytime they bring me more Aizawa, I just love it even more. Um, and so he has stopped the bomber for a moment, but it flies off in another direction and he can't keep its quirk suppressed for long. So Best Genius then shows up on the scene and starts wrapping this dude up. Um, and starts in with the puns. Is that a tight fit? Good. That's one of the guest heroes. This people are saying that this is best genus as if we didn't know. Um, and then he says, so our thread of hope hasn't snapped just yet, has it? And Koichi <laughs> um, embodies me and uh, says in the background, what a punny guy. Um, just drawing ter- uh, attention to how incredibly over the top punny he is. Has he ever been like that in My Hero Proper? Like just pun heavy? I don't think so. It struck me as odd, or at least different. Maybe he, maybe he just learns better. Maybe and, someone uh, told him between now and then they were like, "Yeah, hey, man, yeah, you got to dial gotta these stop. puns back. Yeah. <laughs> you got to, you got to cut it out." You, um, you, oh God! Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I couldn't help it. I even did finger scissors. You can't see, uh, but I did. You don't even scissors. like puns. I really don't. I really don't. <laughs> so that that takes us into episode fifty three, which is called "Limits and Catastrophe." Yeah, mine is just named Limits, but then there's also a like subtitle that says A Room with a View. Yep, mine's just uh, Limits and Catastrophe. A Room with a View does make some sense, though. It yeah. makes some like macabre sense a little bit, because the view for this chapter is not good. 
it's real bad, in fact. Yeah, no joke. It's, it's, it is really bad. It starts off kind of good, though, because uh, Ryukyu and Snipe, and there's the, I guess it's the bunny Mirko. hero, Mirko. She, they're all up on the roof, and they're able to take out the Nomu that's doing the EMP blast. I, I don't know. I don't think whoever wrote this understands how an EMP works, because that would take out all of the technology surrounding or around it in a surrounding area. And just taking out the Nomu wouldn't, like, restore the technology. You know what I mean? Right, right. They get rid of the Nomu, and it seems like everything's working again. So, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it's, like, a EMP, like, absorbing quirk or something. Yeah, and somehow Ida gets uh, some comms delivered. He says, these just arrived. Uh, maybe that robot thing in the background brought them up? It's Maybe? hard to tell yeah, because it's not Wash. Although I will note, because I, I, I probably have missed one already, but literally every time Wash is in a panel in these four chapters, he's doing that like silly Wash pose where he, he looks like you turned a corner and scared him and his arms are like out to the side and his eyes are really big. And it makes me laugh every time. I don't know why, but... <laughs> it's such a ridiculous character. <laughs> it is. He I just is don't so get silly. It. He's, he's really silly. But he, he seems to be running point, uh, passes out these comms, and uh, everybody all of a sudden is on Team Edatin, uh, and he tells them to go full throttle. So everybody's off uh, trying to keep the crowd safe or inter, uh, intervene in the goings-on uh, outside. Although he does tell Gang Worker to hang out out back, and um, he, he, he basically puts uh, him in charge of coordination with, uh, with Mikado. And I, I kind of, I didn't like that. I wanted to see Gang Orca fighting, and he totally squashed that for me. <laughs> yeah, it seems like you'd want Gang Orca out in the fight. I mean, he's going to be really effective there. I mean, he, I guess he doesn't have the mobility that some of these other heroes do. Like, presumably Mirko can hop. That's why she's up there. Snipe, though, what has he got mobility-wise? Edshot makes some sense. Ida does. I don't know. I was just I, really they needed, bummed. They needed Snipe up there to make cowboy references and say things like, this one varmint. Yeah. Well, we, we do catch back up with the roof now, and Genus is handling uh, the Nomus up there. He's got them, like, Spider-Manned uh, up underneath the uh, the sky egg, like, wrapped up. And, and this is a cool touch, um, that he has used the threads of his own clothing to to do a lot of this. So now his, uh, his costume is sleeveless, and then later cool on, touch. he's in shorts. But I wish that if he was going to like remove something it would be that stupid collar that he wears around his whole face dude not in the era of covid well sure but i mean in this era it surely hasn't happened to them yet right like i get i just realized that that's probably to hide his identity but it's so dumb he's got a mask on Ida's got a mask on. edshot has got a mask on. These are the responsible heroes. Yeah, but Edshot and Ida's look cool at least. <laughs> I oh listen, you're not going to hear me defend how cool his like super crazy denim turtleneck up to his nose looks because it's never going to happen. I still think that it's absolutely ridiculous that it has pockets. <laughs> like what the hell is yes, he going to store up there? And a zipper? I don't know. The whole thing's insane. Yeah, and a belt. It's it's ridiculous. I bet he keeps uh, monocles in that. That's what it is. A monocle. Yeah. Then this okay. This best genus takes a turn here um, because they deliver. I was going to say, we're ripping on him really hard, but this is really cool. But I I don't know that this makes sense. I checked his wiki um, page, and it does say that he's done this now twice, because the thing that, uh, the the moment that they say he used this previously isn't this particular moment, where he uses um, cables to uh, arrest somebody, or or to, um, not arrest, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Detain. Uh, Yeah, detain. There you go. You, you got it. We're, we're good. We, we, did, uh, we did the synonym thing. This is why we're good co-hosts. Um, so they deliver carbon fiber cables, and he's able to use that. And if it were, I think the carbon fiber makes it fine, but I totally did not see this coming as a subset of his power or of his abilities. Me either. This shocked me at first because I, I, like, they explain it that he says as so long as it's fiber, even many tons of cable are mine to command with my fiber master quirk. And I'm like, yeah. okay, it's, it's just one of those things that gets explained with a quirk. So what? Yeah. Magics. Right. Um, but he uses the quirk, uh, he uses the cable rather to keep the sky egg from falling. He uses it as uh, so many legs uh, to reattach it to the tower, which impresses Koichi because he just goes, ooh, at the bottom of one of these panels. <laughs> he's just like, oh, so cool. Um, he and then we his catch point, up. though, because he's like, yeah. see, just like that I said, Cap, you know, other people will show up and handle it. Yeah, I mean, he he bought the time 
necessary. Uh, it looks like Captain Celebrity might be about to catch a break. But the way that he talks, he doesn't think so, because he asks Koichi if he wouldn't mind giving a message to his wife and child. He says, tell them your husband and daddy was a great hero. Um, and you wouldn't even need the past tense emphasized in that to understand that he feels like this is this is his end. Uh, but Edshot comes flying in. Uh, but when Koichi turns back to look at Captain Celebrity, basically to be like, oh, no, it's fine. Edshot's on his way. Captain Celebrity is gone. Um, he has he has basically collapsed and is now plummeting to his death from the uh, sky egg. So did you say he told uh, Koichi to tell them your husband and daddy was a great hero? Yeah. Mine actually says your husband and daddy is a great hero. Oh, mine's was. Mine was that's past interesting. tense. It's interesting because that's a big difference there. It I is. Mean, that's huge. But I do like the fact that like when Koichi turns around, he's just gone. Like, you know, because he, he's not on a platform or anything. Nobody would have heard him fall. He doesn't hit anything. He just stops holding up the sky egg. Yeah, and we catch up with Celebrity as he's inner monologuing on his way down. And he says, pushing myself to the limit, using every last ounce of strength. That kind of thinking was never really my style. But it's not a bad feeling. Um, and he begins thinking about his wife and kids as he's falling uh, his way down. And he even asks, in the end, did I deserve you as a partner? Uh, thinking again about his wife. And then all of a sudden, Koichi is falling now to his doom, too. So there was <laughs> going to be one death, and now there's going to be two. And Koichi realizes this very shortly after he catches up with Captain Celebrity that he has made a huge mistake. Yeah, because in this first panel that we see him, it's like he's falling to catch Captain Celebrity. But Captain Celebrity's like, what do you think you're doing? And he goes, what am I? Oh. And then yeah. starts screaming. <laughs> I've made a huge mistake from and Arrested he, Development. He tries to ca like cover it up, too, because then he's like, oh, I slipped is all. Yeah, and I like this, too. He's begging Captain Celebrity to start flying, and he's like, I, I can't. Like, he has definitely reached his limits. Yeah. But what he does have enough juice to do is preserve Koichi. Um, so he grabs Koichi, and you see the force field envelop him. So he's still very much in the business of self-sacrifice at this point. Um, but it doesn't come to that, thankfully. Yeah, thankfully. I mean, he does even just say, like, forget me, just save Koichi, this brave, brave kid. And uh, Aizawa is on the lookout and is able to tell Ingenium what's going on. And then Edshot pops in, and Best Genius is there. Like, they're all pretty much like, we are not going to let these people perish. Like, they were the true heroes behind all of this. They know that they Captain Celebrity was keeping everything together up there. And we've got our speed villain that shows back up. We transitioned to, to him standing there, like, probably, what, four or five blocks away, just watching this carnage happen. And he's like, nope, this is not how I planned this, and I will not let this not go according to my plan. And so uh, he is going to go full on firepower and just blow up one of these uh, these Nomus. And it's it's pretty crazy how it happens because it's like the Nomu ends up developing multiple bodies. Like it looks insane. It's almost like a cancerous or something. Yeah, it's uh, the the speed quirked villain says, let's have that bomber grow a few extra bodies. And so um, by the time he reaches the tower. Um, he's got at least three heads in addition to his wings, uh, who knows how many hands and feet. And he is, he is a lit fuse that goes one really big doom. In fact, um, not boom with a B, but doom with a D oh, for one last boom. big boom is what, uh, the villain says, but, uh, doom is the, uh, very appropriate automatopoeia here. And it is effective. Everything on that tower begins to fall. And this is where we leave off on this particular episode is this thing plummeting now. Uh, and it's looking awfully hopeless at the end of volume seven, which is where we are right there. Oh, wow. So that's the last chapter of volume seven. And I guess volume eight opens up with uh, 54. Right. Man, if you were reading that volume to volume, I would have hated to have to wait. That's a huge cliffhanger. It really is. Yeah. Or a sky egg hanger. One of those. Well, fair enough. Because uh, 54, I'm curious what yours is named. Hotline. Hotline. Okay. Yours? So mine is named Siblings, which threw me for a loop because mm. when I first read that, my initial thought was uh, Knuckle Duster and All Might. I don't know why, but I was like, their parallels, it would be really crazy if they ended up being siblings. I mean, we have nothing that has told us that All Might doesn't have a brother. So... Maybe they were. And for some reason in my brain, I was like, I'm willing to bet that Knuckle Duster is going to show up and save this scene somehow. I don't know how, but that would make a lot of sense for them to bring him back into the picture after he's kind of been lingering in the background, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's to a, save Koichi. That was, a, that was a 
Bad hypothesis. Yeah. <laughs> what in the world is knuckle, gust, knuckle Duster going to do in the middle of all this? Dude, I have no idea, but in my brain that made sense at the time. But then the other thing that I thought of was like, what if All Might and Captain Celebrity were siblings somehow? Like, once again, we have nothing that says they're not. I mean, we know that Captain Celebrity is born in America, but that doesn't mean that maybe they weren't related somehow, you know, like maybe they shared a father or a mother. I don't know. <laughs> That's but, hilarious. You know me, my hypotheses don't ever work out right. No, Aizawa's got the right idea because he's like, there's no denying it. We need All Might right now. Can you call him Sukauchi? And um, then this goes back to now that it's a different circumstance, right? Sukauchi, remember, wouldn't allow All Might to kind of tag along on that big bust that they made on this day, is the same day. Right. Um, because that's what uh, led these uh, these Nomu to start attacking um, the Sky Egg and Captain Celebrity's big crowd of 50,000, uh, making big waves here in the, the villain community. And so I was always like, dude, you need to get this guy on the phone right now. I don't know how you call him or summon him, but you need to do it. And so we cut to, um, uh, Mike tower. Well, before we get Jean- there, I'm curious. I want to interrupt you real quick because in my volume of this or my version of this, Sukoichi is like incredibly hesitant to call all might. Is he that yeah. hesitant to call him in yours? Yep. He says, I can't summon the number one hero here as a mere precaution, which is, is that weird to you? It's bonkers. Yes. Okay. I'm Doesn't glad. make any sense. Okay. Okay, cool. Because I, I read that and I was like, this has got to be some weird translation issue or something because it nope. makes no sense that he wouldn't be losing his mind right now as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, but he, he does eventually uh, get this phone call to go through and uh, it buzzes on Jingo Gene All Might's uh, phone as he's sitting in a meeting at Might Towers at, uh, for which he gets berated by whoever's at the head of this table. God, this is you such a had funny it on, scene. They should have had it on manner mode, which is something I've never heard. Maybe that's a Japanese thing. I think I mean, it's I get probably like, like silent. silent mode. Yeah. Um, so he excuses himself, says he needs to use, needs to use the restroom. Um, hears that it's Sukauchi, and Sukauchi's just like, Sky Egg is in trouble, and he's hearing explosions in the background, and he's told that it's collapsing, and you have all these dramatic panels of all these heroes that are doing their best but aren't going to be sufficient at all. And so they're hoping they, I mean, they need All Might. I mean, Aizawa is right. He's the only solution to this. Yeah, no, at this point, like, no, none of these heroes could do anything, not even Wash. And then uh, the, uh, the villain himself, uh, he's got to be blissfully unaware of All Might, right? I mean, he like, must, yeah. Either he, he, he doesn't consider that that could even be an option. He probably doesn't think that there's any connection between the heroes here and All Might. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't, in all of this stuff... Right. I get like petty criminals. Like if you have, you know, a, a quirk and you rob a gas station, probably not uh, a, a good use of time to worry about All Might dropping in on you for that. I mean, he has done that, you know, on his way to the USJ, yeah. he stopped a bunch of petty crimes and stuff. But generally speaking, All Might, not a big deal. If you're targeting down like a landmark and you're planning on killing 50,000 people, there's no way All Might's not going to get involved in that if, if he's in country, which he absolutely is yeah like his agency's right around the corner to be fair though i wonder if the thought process is they should have or would have had all might on the attack against me what five chapters ago if they could have gotten him which means they don't have him yeah that's that's a fair uh, a fair way of looking at this And, and the reason why i think that he is at that place of believing all might's not on the field or at play at all is because he says only a god could save you now yep uh, and then, and plus just the whole, there's a conceit in that of, I'm going to do this massive, massive act of terrorism and villainy. And the number one hero in the country in which I'm standing isn't going to be on the scene. But to be fair, the number two hero isn't, um, yeah, it doesn't show true. up at all either. So that's true. He also doesn't we, have a direct line from a cop though. So maybe that's why, you know, what if, what if Sukuichi had called Endeavor, you know? Yeah. Fair. <laughs> but we get this weird interlude. I, I thought this was stranger than Captain Celebrities because it's just this background of Sukoichi learning about his sister's power and how she's able to basically read minds. I mean, we know that she kind of uses her powers as like a lie detector, but it's kind of the sequence of him learning about it and trying to explain to her that she shouldn't use her powers to read people's emotions and get their true feelings out because it's not fair to them and it wouldn't be healthy for her. And she continues to use her powers, but we zap back into the future and he's like, I need you to save my sister. Get here now. Like I would never do this typically, but just this once, please. 
save my sister. Uh, I love All Might's response too. Me he says, too. "Oh my god, you got it." But I can't say I'm on my way. And then he says, "Why you ask?" Of course, he's just having this conversation with himself now. He's hung up the phone with Sakauchi. He says, "Because at a time like this, there's only one thing for me to say, and you know what it is." And then there's a full page panel where it says, "I am." And then the next is another, like, I would say three quarters page spread or um, not three quarters, probably like uh, like six, eight, two thirds, two pages, two thirds of two pages total um, where it's here. And he's right on the scene of the uh, the collapsing uh, Japan sky egg. And he handles it like even this still kind of blows my mind what he's able to do in a very short amount of time, even though he's all might. This still seemed just nuts to me in literally less than like two seconds he was able to transform change his outfit zoom across town and it looks like he punches the sky egg but i'm pretty sure he's just like catching it and he breaks the spire that it's standing oh is that what he's doing okay i see that yeah yeah he smashes that he's able to clear a landing zone for this he catches he rescues a bunch of animals he stops for a selfie then he catches the sky egg (laughs) and places it down in the in the uh area that he had cleared all in a like less time than it would take for that thing to fall from its height and i was like that's crazy even for all might that seemed crazy yeah and apparently all of the heroes think so too because even they're questioning whether or not they're alive yeah, he took down the crumbling tower in a flash and then set the dome down. Unbelievable. Everybody's in, in shock and awe. And, uh, of course, Sukauchi is in, indebted to him again as he's saying, oh, All Might, probably not like that, but that's how I read it. That's how I read it, too, especially since he's, like, crying and he's got these big, big eyes. I don't know. That's exactly how I read it. Uh, but we switch over to Captain Celebrity, who's falling, and he just says, so that's All Might, Japan's number one hero. And Koichi's like, totally fanboying like literally falling to his death being held by a man that he's literally been fighting with like clutching on the life and he's just like hey all might over here (laughs) all might is so respectful too because he saves captain celebrity and koichi and he's like oh hey if it isn't captain celebrity like acknowledging this other hero you know it's it's really incredible like all might's just such a stand-up guy yeah, I think Captain Celebrity feels a little deflated in his presence. You know, he's used oh, to being absolutely. Big, big, big guy on campus, basically. He um, even says, imagine me thinking I was the hero. Yeah, the hero is the emphasis that it has in mind, thinking I was the hero. Yeah. Um, and All Might's like, he's got crowds behind him. Look, it's All Might. They're all rushing at him. But uh, old boy with speed quirk is not happy about this uh, this series of developments here. Oh, not at all. <laughs> I like this too because even Koichi gets a uh, gets a signature. Yeah, he finally gets his All Might uh, signature, and it's just All Might in all caps with an exclamation point. It doesn't look fancy at all. Like All Might has an easily forged signature. Absolutely, I'm sure that I think eBay in Japan in this world is just flooded with uh, fake All Might signature and memorabilia. Well, and the funny thing, though, is this is kind of a nice bookend, because the first time we met Captain Celebrity, he was ruining one of Koichi's All Might hoodies right. with his own signature. So Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. <laughs> this is awesome. But yeah, you're right. Like We, we wrap up this, this chapter with uh, our villain just saying, huh? No. Like, he's totally... I don't think he could even conceive the fact that All Might showed up. Like, that was not in his purview at all. So... That ends our discussion of the episodes. Let's let's circle back to this horoscope. So the thing that it said uh, was that you might uncharacteristically decide to sequester yourself away from the world. Perhaps you're tired or feeling a bit under the weather and only wish to kick back and read a good book. That's fine. Everyone needs a little solitude from time to time. The only concern here is that if you stay too secluded, you might miss an important communication, resist the temptation to turn off the phone. Uh, I mean, I feel like... That is exactly where Captain Celebrity might be right now. Um, Tired, under the weather, needs to just get away. In fact, he was kind of in the middle of the process of getting away when all this stuff took place, right? Yeah, no, you're totally right. And I feel like it even kind of applies to some extent uh, to other characters, like, I or not Aizawa, but Sukoichi, feeling like he shouldn't call All Might, you know? Like, that kind of fits in with that. Uh, Not that that was his, but it was just one of the things that kind of picked up on there. Yeah, resist the temptation to turn off the phone. So maybe Captain Celebrity will still get uh, some some good news today. Maybe Mikado will call and tell him that uh, even though he's left Japan, his stock has skyrocketed there thanks to his efforts uh, saving the the Japan Sky Egg or some such like that. I can't imagine that Mikado's done with him. 
I, I hope not. They, I kind of like him now, you know, like he's he's grown on me a decent amount. I don't think I'd ever say that, but I'm interested in seeing what happens to him. Like, I want to know that he goes back to America and becomes a good dad and like a good husband and loves his wife and family the way that he was envisioning when he was dying, you know? Hey, yeah, and I wonder if he continues on in the hero biz or if this turns into his last hurrah. No, no uh, way. And- I can't imagine he goes back and like flips burgers or something. I mean, he could have just be a dad. Well, sure, I guess, but I guess he could just retire and like live off the the equity he's going to make off of being a hero because he's got merchandising and all kinds of stuff too. That's true. Uh, we just saw Miss Midnight rocking some earlier. That's true. It- <laughs> all right, so let's let's do this, um, and then we'll we'll wrap things up. We had talked about uh, the us the two of us kicking around some. Uh, alternative segment ideas to take the place of the live casting. And uh, literally right before we clicked record, we came up with the name uh, for a segment that I had tossed around that was built around the concept of taking a look at these quirks and finding mundane, useful, practical applications of them. So we're calling this segment temporarily, at least, maybe this has some staying power, but we're calling it practical powers. And so what we're going to do with these is we're basically going to take Uh, a character. And if you follow on our Twitter or are involved in our Discord, um, I will, when we have the ideas for these segments, seed um, the question out there and say, okay, hey, let's talk about this person's quirk. How could it be used in unconventional ways outside of things that would be classified as like classically heroic? So outside of a hero context, they still might be heroic things based on your perception. Um, and we decided to start with Coda. Uh, and I had written down a handful, and then we got some submissions on Twitter and Discord. So just as a reminder of Coda's quirk, it is called Annie Voice, and it gives him the ability to command any creature in the animal kingdom just by speaking to them. So I thought, Adam, that I would run some of these user-submitted applications, practical applications of these powers by you, and we could talk about their pros, cons, what you think of each. that sound good? Absolutely, yeah. I'm curious. Okay, so first up, uh, Coda has, uh, in the time where he was paired with Jiro and set against present Mike, has proven that he is capable of commanding even members of the in, uh, the insect kingdom. So how about Coda is a pest control worker? See, that might work, but he's too scared to do it. Okay. Good point, because he is also an entomophobe, just like present Mike is, meaning that they are scared of bugs. So I think that actually works in his favor for this one, maybe. Like you call him up, you've got to have a bad bug problem, but you call him up (laughs) and he's motivated to tell them to leave because he's there now. So he's just like, get away, get away, get away. And they all just scatter. Okay, that's That's my thinking. I could see that. Or maybe it could help him get over that, because I mean, that would be a useful you know, species to be able to communicate with in need, I would imagine. Oh. So it could be so, a pro, right? Like make a negative, a positive and use yeah, that to so get over your fear. Systematic desensitization by pest control. And I would say money, you know, I don't, I don't think he would be an exterminator though. There's a no. difference between those two things. Yeah, I he agree. Is, he's got a very gentle nature. So, and, and that also is going to come up in my opinion of some of these applications of his quirk. Well, and even past his gentle nature, I feel like there's got to be some sort of like weird communication thing that comes up when you're killing something. Like if you just squash a bug, you don't think about it, but if you were going to squash that bug and it was like, no, don't Atkins, you'd probably think <laughs> twice. It's true. <laughs> just saying. Um, <laughs> So what about, uh, I, I just thought of this as a silly one. I live in the, in the, in the South, in middle Georgia, and we have cicadas that come out um, cyclically and they are incredibly loud. Oh yeah, they're real loud up here too. And so it would be great if you just had Coda as a buddy and was just like, yo, tell him to shut up. That'd be and nice. then he would just, he would just do that. He would silence the cicadas. I'm, I'm down for that. This would be a really selfish reason, but you could always invite him to a party to tell the mosquitoes to go away. That was the next one on the list. No oh, mosquito nice. bites ever again if you were pals with Coda. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he just rolls up on the party and he's he does it all cool-like. I mean, if he talks, because he very rarely does. And he's just like, no, nah, dog, don't worry about lighting those tiki torches or that citronella candle. I got this one. And he like flexes a little bit. That's awesome. Uh, scares all the mosquitoes off. Um, I think that it would be, this came up in a couple different ways. Um, I think that he would be an excellent uh, worker at the front desk of a veterinarian. 
office. Oh, yeah. Just like telling the dogs to chill out or, you know, like all the animals really like, hey, chill out. It's going to be okay. Don't fight. Yeah, I think I don't want him to be a vet. That came up a couple times, but I think it, it he needs to have like medical expertise to be the vet. I think that he would be an excellent diagnostician, though. Like dogs come in, he cool, he calms them down or the cats and he's like, what's the problem? Yeah. And, and he's able to get from their very mouths what it is that they might be ailing uh, with. And he's able to say to the vet, okay, this is what they're complaining about. And so at least you can shorten the actual diagnostic process for the vet and then let them do all the medical stuff. And he would just be, I think he would be excellent at the front desk. That would That's genius. I like it. I, I almost want to take that even like a step further. It would be really cool if he was some sort of zoologist that studied animals and could talk to different animals and learn about species that we don't even know about. Like I was reading the other day, we just discovered a whole new species of whale that had never been seen before. And they were able to find them in this really cool way. Coda would have known about it forever ago, you know? It's true. He can, I mean, he, it's, it's not one way communication with these bugs because he's used or with animals because he's used them for recon. Uh, so he, there is a two way communication. I don't know how deep it is, that doesn't that's not really gotten into very much true. in the uh, in the wikis or in the show like how how eloquent are the animals when they tell him what they saw i just know? assume um, that it's like one to one uh but that's a good point i hadn't considered that maybe it's not so um i had that he could have hunted down the murder hornets in the uh american <laughs> north north uh northwest i like that um what do you think about this one i think that this one's right up your alley could coda if he desired Control Nezu. Ooh, that's a good question. I think so. I mean, command Principal Nezu, who is a bear mouse thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Who is? Who I don't was see why not. canonically was an animal without a quirk before how, stuff happened. How exactly does his quirk read? It says Koji's quirk gives him the ability to command any creature in the animal kingdom by speaking to them. Whatever command he gives, the animal will carry out. However, he is unable to exert his control if they cannot hear his command. The target must also be a real animal and not merely animal-like. Koji can exchange information with the animals to find the locations of various people and potential enemies faster. Well, okay, so according to Wikipedia, humans are terrestrial animals. So by that definition, he could control anybody with enough power. <laughs> I mean, I would think that if he just got his, like, if he... I don't know, practiced his quirk enough that he would get to the point where he could just control anything, right? That would be frightening if he could pull that off. Yeah, that is terrifying. Because it, I mean... Mm. Yeah, I think if you're going by strict science definitions, I think you're on it. But I think that they're they're talking about animal kingdoms as opposed to the, the you know, mankind. Sure. No, I, I get that. Um, so here's... And another thing, though, according to several articles I'm finding, humans do belong to the animal kingdom. So I don't know. <laughs> right. But I think in this show, that's not the application. Sure. Now, it could be. Maybe maybe you're on to something and later on he he figures that out or he discovers that his quirk does have that application. But, but the way that the wiki is written is it has to be animal-like. a real animal and not even merely animal-like. And I think Nezu qualifies even under that metric. I would agree, but I think there are probably several, like... What about the cat that hangs out with Sukoichi? Yeah, Sansa. Sansa, yeah, that's the I name. Don't, I don't know that it would work strictly on Sue, but I bet it could work on Sue's friend, possibly the one that's more snake-like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know, because that's snake-like. Think about the way you said oh, that. Oh, that's true. You know what I mean? That's true. Well, I, I mean, Sansa is cat-like. I don't know that he was ever a cat. That's but true. I, I, regardless, I think it, it's plausible that he could control Nezu if he wanted to. And that is fascinating to me. That is fascinating. I agree. But I feel like we could de- we could debate this one all night long. So yeah, <laughs> what's the next? If you one? have a strong opinion about this, find us on Twitter. Let us know uh, which which side of this argument you fall out on. How about um, a trainer at SeaWorld with the caveat that the animals actually enjoy being there and performing stunts? Because I think if he got there and was commanding them, and he sensed from them or they told him that they felt like they were captive and oppressed and abused or whatever the case might be that he wouldn't participate in that but assuming that they were totally chill with it that would be a good role a good job for him as well i can see that yeah okay last one do you think and this is interesting because it it i think that this one raises some further questions would he use it in a hunting 
context. Hmm. I don't. I don't know. I I don't think he would, but I'm not saying you couldn't. I think I'm the talking... only time that Coda would use it is if it was a dire situation. So there, I found nothing on his page that communicated to me very clearly, or if at all, that he was a vegetarian or a vegan. But do you think that he is? I would think so, but I don't know. I guess maybe not. I, for some reason, I was under the impression that he was, and I guess that was just an assumption on my part, but that's interesting. I hadn't considered that, really. I think so that's if a he, pretty common trope, though. Like People that have the sensitivity towards animals are often vegetarian or vegan. I mean, think Beast Boy from DC Comics. That's He's always been a heavily touted you know, uh, vegetarian. Or, and Same thing with like Animal Man. I mean, he's the same way. Yeah, I would think I I did a search for uh, on his page for food because a lot of the uh, class one A students have favorite foods listed. Um, so like Ochacos is Moki, for instance, um, and then everybody pretty much everybody has one. He does not have any listed, so we can't rule it out that he is a vegetarian, which would mean that he wouldn't use this in a hunting context. But he absolutely could. I mean, could you imagine him being in a duck blind and they're flying by and he's just like. Hey, come a little closer. Yeah. And then <laughs> be and they just do. Or he's, uh, you know, up in a deer stand and he's like, hey, hey, come here. And then this, you know. <laughs> that would take, or, take away all of the sport of hunting, though. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, like I said, absolutely. I can only see him doing that in some sort of dire situation. But I guess you're right. Maybe, maybe, man, what if that's like the dark side Dakota that we don't know about? That's why he doesn't talk. <laughs> he suddenly becomes like, um, uh, like a, a guide for uh, wild game hunts. Oh, or uh, deep sea fishing trips. Yikes. Where he's just like, yeah, I guarantee I'll put you on fish. <laughs> and then he just sticks his head underwater and he's like, hey guys, come over here. Just swallow this hook for a second. It's fine. The fish think he's like a god that takes sacrifices, you know? <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't, I mean, I guess you would still want the the thrill of the catch and the fight, but Coda could just stick his head underwater and just be like, yo, jump in the boat. And they would presumably do it. Well, there's a good question. Would he even have to stick his head underwater? I, I mean, it says that they have to hear. So maybe he would even have to get some different equipment to work with marine animals That's that fair. like live yeah. completely submerged. Or maybe some but sort of like fun. sonic wave converter so that way he can travel better through the, uh, through the water. Yeah, this was fun. I look forward to another one of these. And we did get some submissions both in the Discord and on Twitter. And next time I have the, the itch to do another uh, character's uh, practical powers segment, then I will tweet that out and, and uh bring those in and and talk about those on air because this was super fun it was a fun exercise in creativity too. yes i love this this is a lot of fun especially with such a unique quirk what a great first choice man good job yeah so um adam and i are going to take the rest of this year off um which really just means that uh we we would have had an episode coming out let's see we would have recorded on the 29th and we would have had an episode drop then on the what uh the 30 or no on the 7th or on the 6th um right uh on the fourth math bad your math is bad it would have been the oh yeah i'm looking at i'm a dummy i'm looking at december 2020 and then looking back up to january 2020 like an (laughs) idiot um (laughs) so we would have we would have we're just going to kick it down uh the the road one week we're going to take the rest of of december off and our first recording session of 2021 will be tuesday the 5th which means our next episode our first episode of 2021 will go live on January 11th. Yes. And we're going to pick back right back up where we left off until March 27th, because shortly after that, we're going to be getting back into the anime. It has been announced that season five uh, begins airing on March 27th, at least in Japan. I imagine there'll be a little bit of a delay um, if you're looking for the, um, the dubbed version possibly, but I'm not, so I might be right on the ball with that i actually hadn't seen that yet so it's going to be officially wow we don't have to wait that much longer then the way they made it yeah, sound yeah. last time i saw an announcement i was thinking like summer 2021 or something you got you guys you guys are hearing what i'm hearing right that adam continues not to pay attention to our twitter yeah. because i definitely have retweeted this and shown the trailer and everything over there i'm sure you there's have. a trailer i'm sure you have. there's a trailer there's a trailer i haven't seen it yeah yeah it's like 30 seconds long and it's it's basically just a bunch of hype shots of class 1a and 1b getting ready to duke it out uh, against one another so that means you know, i need to I mean, it's still I, I need to get on back patio's twitter and go and retweet all of our stuff i've been bad about it lately i gotta admit <laughs> I've, I've been busy man 
Yeah, I mean that's why that's why we just need we just need a breather. You know, it's it, we're we're not, we don't want to work around the holidays. We want to enjoy them and uh, enjoy our families in them. So we're just not going to work until the turn of the year. But then we're going to be back at it. So one extra week between the airing of this episode and when our next episode would have aired. Bear with us through that. Enjoy your own holidays, uh, whatever they may be, whatever form they may take. Stay safe. Uh, and we will see you guys in 2021. Yep, we'll see you guys next year. It's been fun. See ya. Almighty Podcast is brought to you by the Back Patio Network. You can follow us on Twitter at AlmightyPod or follow at BackPatioNet for all network news. If you enjoyed what you heard, go check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash BackPatioNetwork. You can help support the network, get access to early episodes, and lots of other great stuff. If you want to get to know us, come hang out in our Discord channel. We have lots of fun and would love to have you in there. My name is Adam, and you can follow me on Twitter at TheRealSimso, S-I-M-S-O.